If the New Orleans Saints want to improve and win in 2023, it looks like they're well on their way. We got all that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all the everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And of course, if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, inside information, early information, all of that, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnSaints today to join a community that I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media. You can find me as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash Locked on NFL and enter the promo code Locked on NFL for a white tech hat with any order. It's the one that you'll see me out at training camp wearing all the time. You can get one just for you, and you won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. That On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're setting out after 10 days of training camp to answer a simple question. How good will the New Orleans Saints be in 2023 and why? But we'll also get you our practice notes from day 10, including play of the day. We got a little smoke Monday on a Sunday. But I want to start off answering our big question for the day today. How and how or how and will the New Orleans Saints be better in 2023? And there's two major points that I think help to bring this all together. The first of which is defense. Defense, defense, defense. But the second piece is scoring. Those two things contradict one another during training camp, but they all come together during the regular season. So let's start off with defense here. This New Orleans Saints defense has been absolutely outstanding so far throughout training camp. We are 10 days into camp, The last three days in particular, if being a defensive heavy and a defensive identity team was the goal or is the goal going into 2023, that they're they're off to a good start. (laughs) They're off to a really, really good start in that case, because what we have seen over the course of the past couple of days has been absolute dominance over on the defensive side. And I say that in a way that I I don't mean to say anything in terms of how bad the New Orleans Saints offense has been or anything like that. Just the defense has been outstanding. And a lot of that has been led to, or led by rather, Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore has been absolutely outstanding all throughout camp, playing some of the best football I've ever seen him play. And this is a guy that was an offensive rookie of the year in 2017 that was outstanding year in and year out after that. And I know he missed 10 games last year, but He is somebody that has been just lights out all camp, whether it's one-on-ones or today what they ran instead of one-on-ones, they actually ran what I've never seen before, two-on-twos in practice in the red zone, kind of working those, 
I guess if you're a uh, if you're an offensive player, you'd call them a rub route or a rub combination. If you're a defensive guy, you would probably call it a pick route and those things are a pick play and all that kind of stuff. But they were working on all those in the red zone. And Marshawn was lights out throughout that. He was lights out throughout one-on-ones, lights out throughout seven-on-sevens, and has been lights out throughout team drills as well. And so you look at him, you look at the way the defensive line has come together. We're seeing Peyton Turner continue to get pressures. We're seeing Isaiah Foskey started to get into the background on two different plays today that we saw in the passing game or you know, as a pass rusher. We also have seen you know everybody kind of making plays as uh, run stoppers. Brian Brzee was back in practice today after missing yesterday's practice. Outstanding in his run defense, made a couple of plays there. So you're seeing kind of all of it come together in a way that's really impressive and that's really important. But the caveat to trying to build the best defense in the NFL is that it means that your offense has to go against the best defense in the NFL every single day. Now, I'm not saying that the New Orleans Saints defense is the best defense in the NFL. We won't know that until the end of next season. But if that's the goal is to build the best defense in the NFL, your offensive guys have a lot to overcome every single time that they end up matching up with this New Orleans Saints defense. And that's a good thing because, again, it's iron sharpens iron, right? As the defense dominates, the offense sharpens and has to get better because they want to come back and they want to get theirs. And the offense has gotten theirs. It's just that they're not getting it to a point to where you go, oh, this absolutely is what you see from the offensive side being consistent. It's just not consistent yet. So I wouldn't call it anything that would make you go, oh, the New Orleans Saints offense is in trouble or anything like that. It's really not about that. But when you put together an outstanding defense that's playing lights out, your offense isn't going to have an easy journey every single practice day. But if this ends up being one of the best defenses that they play throughout the 2023 season, that means that they're ready and they're prepared once that season begins. So can the offense get to the point where it scores enough to partner with what the defense is doing? Hard to tell during training camp when they're going up against one another, but in game, I think that there's a lot of reasons for you to believe that they can. And when I say them getting their scoring towards winning games, I'm not talking about them scoring 30, 35, 40 points a game, although that's always fun. But if this team scores 24 points per game with the defense playing the way that it did toward the back half of last season, the way that it's played so far throughout training camp, the Saints will win games. The Saints averaged last year 19.4 points per game. Awful. It was 21st in the NFL. Not great, Bob. So can they score five more points per game? Think about that. Derek Carr instead of Andy Dalton. And Alvin Kamara that's playing in space as opposed to being run between the tackles. A running back room that has multiple attacks as opposed to just one attack. A wide receiver core that should feature a big three of Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Rashid Shahid, let's just say for 10 games. Can that offense that also now has Juwan Johnson and Foster Moreau and all the other guys that are going to be able to contribute on this offensive side, can that offense score five more points per game than on average than it did last year? If you take six losses that the Saints faced last season and say, all right, they scored 24 points in each of those games. Everything else, the exact same. Everything else, the exact same. But they scored 24 points in each of those losses, six games that they would have won. Six games that they lost last year that they would have won. Now, it's not that simple. I know that. But my point that I'm trying to get across is that the schedule that the Saints go up against this year, not as good 
as a schedule or not as hard as the schedule they went up against last year. The quarterbacks that they go up against this year, not nearly the status of quarterbacks that they went up against last year, especially considering the fact that they played Tom Brady twice last season and the season before and all that. And so if this team plays the way that we have seen them play on the defensive side, game in and game out, particularly over the course of what we have seen in training camp as well as the end of last season, and the offense scores on average five more points per game, five more, not even a whole touchdown, a field goal and a safety. I don't care how you get it. Five points, five points difference. All of a sudden, the New Orleans Saints are winning more games and they will absolutely compete in 2023. Now, how do they get there, particularly on the offensive side? How do they score five more points per game? And what have we already started to see from that list that gives you the confidence to say, yeah, yes, 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 the New Orleans Saints can be that team. New Orleans Saints can compete in 2023. Let's answer that question up next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Yeah, it's Bird Dogs. Y'all have seen me outside in training camp with my Bird Dogs hat on. I wore my Bird Dog shorts out to camp the other day. It's hot out there. It's hot out there. I was almost rocking the hoochie daddies if I needed to because it's so warm. And that's why I love Bird Dogs because it's versatile. They're flexible. You can do whatever. You want to work out in them. You can work out in them. You want to just look good in them. You'll look good in them. You want to go to work in them. I go to work in them. And you got the hats and all the other things that they have as well. Polos, which I got a polo on the way too. So you'll see me rocking that on the show. So much for you to check out. Everything that you love about some of those other athleisure brands, but not nearly the same price and way, way better in terms of quality, fit, linings, no linings, whatever it is that you want. It's almost like you can build your own pair of pants. You can pick your inseam length. You can pick your size. You can pick your fit. You can pick all of it. So you go and check them out today. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Enter that promo code as well, locked on NFL. It's going to get you a free white tech hat, that one that I've been wearing out at camp with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code locked on NFL for the free white tech hat. Uh, You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Big thank you to all your everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. We were just breaking down why the New Orleans Saints should be better, and I dare say will be better in 2023, because I think that they're already better at this point in 2023 than they were at this point in 2022. Um, And that one of the big pieces was not only the defense, but the fact that the offense should be able to put more points on the board. So how? How do they get there? How does the offense put more points on the board? And what have we seen during training camp that gives us any type of semblance or comfort to be able to say that that's who this team should be, especially going up against a remarkably talented defense right now that has kind of stymied the offense so far, at least lately. There's a couple of things. Motion, misdirection, creativity. It's point number one. The more that you can move guys around in the line, the more that you can challenge a defender's ability to remain disciplined with their eyes, the more opportunity you have as an offense to be able to attack and do things that are unexpected. What do I mean by that? Let's start with motion. In the red zone, using a lot of motion in the red zone is key. Gives you an opportunity to be able to get some of these guys off balance. Gives you an opportunity in a place to where it's such a small area of the field that usually what you think of is that, oh, the defense has one, you know, has several more guys to cover those blades of grass than the offense has to attack, and therefore the advantage goes to the defense. But really, honestly, if you get motion going and you can get one defender, one single defender, to look this way when they should be looking this way, right? Look right when they should be looking left and you get a player behind them to the left, it's a touchdown. It's not 
a 10-yard gain. It's not a 20-yard gain. It's not a 15-yard gain. It's probably a touchdown in the red zone. And we saw this New Orleans Saints team come in at, what was it, sub 50% in terms of touchdown conversions in the red zone in 2022. So you get motion, you get a little bit more of the eye candy, you challenge receive, or excuse me, you challenge defensive backs and defenders with your receivers by creating things that challenge their discipline, that conflict their eyes, those things, that ends up having a big deal for you too. And we've seen a lot of that. We've seen a lot of motion so far for the New Orleans Saints offense here throughout training camp. Misdirection was the second piece of that. The reason that I bring up misdirection is because it's huge for you in the, in the run game. And I think that that really helps you in terms of misdirection in the Taysom Hill package as well, right? Almost every play that Taysom Hill runs the ball with has a little bit of misdirection to it. If it's a zone read, the misdirection becomes, does it go to the running back going one way or does it keep with Taysom Hill going the other way? Or is Taysom Hill going to keep that going one way or does he hand it off going the other way? Those types of pieces. What's going on from Australia? Um, but then the other thing that we've seen during Saints practice so far is, let's say that the Saints line up the quarterback under center, they have a running back behind him in kind of the single back formation, and they have a wide receiver out on the weak side, on the left side, let's say. So what they'll do is that they'll take the snap, the quarterback will turn over his left shoulder, ready to hand the ball off going to the left, but it'll be a play action or a fake. They don't actually hand the ball off, and instead, that wide receiver that's on the weak side, on the left side is coming around in kind of an end around or jet sweep type of formation in which the quarterback fakes the ball to the running back going to the left and then pitches it instead to the wide receiver that's crossing the back of the formation who then takes the ball around the corner to the right. The misdirection is, here's a piece of eye candy that tells you we're going left, the play flow is flowing left, all that. Psych, we're going right. And then there goes the wide receiver. We've seen that with guys like Chris, with um, Rashid Shahid. We've seen it with Kiki Cody. We've seen it with Lynn Bowden. We've seen it with a lot of these players. And I think that those types of little pieces, that's just one example, because I don't want to give away the entire playbook, right? But that's just one example of how the Saints have been using misdirection so far throughout training camp. And that's a good thing to see, because all of that gets into our third point, which is creativity. This is something that the Saints lacked big time in 2020, 2022 on the offensive side. It felt like creativity, right? Not getting the right players on the field at the right times, not being able to lean on your playmakers in the biggest moments, not having health on your side. Yes, all of those things factor in as well, but they also weren't a very creative offense. The number of throws or runs on a second and 10 after an incomplete pass was preposterous. I think we saw more than a handful of those just the first game of the season against the Atlanta Falcons. And if you're building up tendencies like that and you're being that predictable, you're not going to move anywhere. That's why you average 19.4 points per game in 2022. That can't happen anymore. So you have to find all of the places where you can create and generate some of that creativity. Motion misdirection helps with that. The second thing that I'm looking at is kind of a, a boost in confidence and a boost in aggressiveness when it, or aggression. I guess both work, aggressiveness and aggression um, in terms of their offensive attack. This was a big thing that the New Orleans Saints also needed in 2022. It was hard to be confident in this team with Andy Dalton at quarterback. You can be a lot more confident in this team with a guy like Derek Carr. And I know that some people don't look at Derek Carr as a top, you know, nationally, I think he's getting disrespected as like a less than top 15, 20 quarterback, whatever. Like, I'm not worried about your quarterback rankings or anything like that. What I'm more worried about is can Derek Carr run this New Orleans Saints offense better than the guys who have tried to run it over the course of the past two years? And so far, Despite how good the defense is reacting, playing, cluing, clearing, all those other things, they can run the offense. 
They're getting in and out of the huddles. He's changing plays. He's doing these check with me situations where based upon what the defense is showing him, he'll change to a play that's better against that look. That Those types of mechanics are the things that made the New Orleans Saints offense special for years and years and years under Drew Brees, in addition to just how remarkably legendary Drew Brees, of course, was, which Derek Carr is not Drew Brees, but that ability to be able to make changes based upon what's happening with the, with the defense is massive, massive in terms of your ability to be able to win the chess match. Remember, the game in the NFL is all about moments. It's all about that one moment per quarter, probably. One moment per half, maybe sometimes one moment in the whole game that decides everything. And so you want to make sure you have as much control of every moment you can have as an NFL offense. And so being able to call two plays in the huddle, get to the line of scrimmage, see what the defense is doing, and then adjust based upon what the defense is showing you, that's control. That gives you the moment. You now own that moment and you get the opportunity to do something with it. That's what you're looking at doing. You're just trying to maximize those opportunities and being able to have somebody that gets you in and out of the huddle, that can make those changes, that can ID the defense so well that even the defense that he's playing against on a daily basis is getting caught by him, right? When they know, all right, well, he knows he'll, I know he'll see me if I do this. So I'm going to do this and say, ah, he still got me. That says something. And so I think that that's a big thing. There's a confidence, there's a knowledge, and therefore there's an aggressive nature that has to come from this attack. Now, the other aggression comes from the play calling, right? Fourth and one on, you know, the, as you're driving and you're on the, in the opponent's 30, don't kick the field goal if you're not an elite, right? Go out there and see if you can get that yard, go out there and see if you can keep that drive moving. So there's some aggressiveness that goes away from the players and all that, um, that has to get right too. But the confidence of the players and having a guy like Derek Carr, who's going to go to the sideline and say, no, don't take me off this field. That's going to go a long way too, because I don't think Andy Dalton was going out there and yelling back at Dennis Allen saying, don't you kick this field goal. You put me out on the field. (laughs) I don't think that was happening very often, but Derek Carr is going to want to be on the field for those big moments. The last piece is going to be the X factor for me. And I've made this agreement with myself in 2023. Anytime that I talk about an X factor, I'm talking about special teams. I don't care if the other analysts like it, if they don't like it, it doesn't matter to me. Punting. You think back to that Cincinnati Bengals game, that punt that Blake Gillikin came off the side of his foot. And in the next play was the big touchdown to Jamar Chase. If that punt goes and you're able to pin them back, that play probably doesn't happen, right? So that's the other piece. You need better punting. You need better fielding. You need better special teams acumen, all those other things, better special teams, um, execution, all of that. So I think that the Saints should get all that, plus better quarterback play, plus better weapons than they had on the field last year if everybody stays healthy, and plus a better run game. And part of that run game, of course, is the running back's ability to catch the passes. We know that Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended for the first three games, but we saw one play today that gives you a lot of confidence in this New Orleans Saints backfield's ability to be able to replace or make up for the loss of Alvin Kamara. But that fell short to our play of the day, where we're going to get to some Smoke Monday here on this Sunday. But that's what I th- why I think that the New Orleans Saints are going to be a better team in 2023. But let's get to Smoke, Smoke Monday on a Sunday here as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And guess what? 
You can bet on a Super Bowl winner, and every time that that team wins, you're going to get bonus bets every time. All you have to do is pick uh, a team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get for every victory all throughout the season even more. And then you're going to be able to use those bonus bets on things like spread, player props, over unders, and so much more as well. Football season is about to kick off over at FanDuel, and they're going to be giving you a chance to win all season long with just one single bet. How cool is that? What a cool shot. So go ahead and check them out today, fanduel.com slash locked on to get started on earning those bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Don't forget, they've also got more MLB, NHL when that rolls back around, college football as it comes around, everything as well. But the NFL is almost here, y'all. We're one week away from the New Orleans Saints preseason game. You can go and check them out once again. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. Don't forget, they are the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Let's get it. Hear that nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with our play of the day. We got smoke Monday on a Sunday. It has been approximately zero days since I have had the reason to talk about smoke Monday. So let's get it. So this was actually really, and and let me tell you something, this happened right in front of me. And look, I'm going to be mushy gushy here for a moment. I'm living my dream, right? getting to cover an NFL team, getting to cover the team that I grew up watching as a hometown guy, I grew up growing up here in New Orleans. And so there are these moments that still happen throughout practices and stuff like that, that I think to myself, man, how lucky are you that you get to be here? And today was one of those moments. Um, and it's not just because it was a Smoke Monday moment. It was just kind of that it happened like right in front of me. And so it was just kind of one of those moments that I was like, okay, cool, cool, settle in, dude. Like you're doing good. Um, it was an out route towards the right sideline over to where the fans were sitting and where media stands on the far field. Jake Hayner was at quarterback. It was a dark and stormy night. I'm just kidding. I just sounded like I was like really dramatizing this whole thing. But anyway, it was an out route going toward the outside. It was Quan Baker running the route. Jake Hayner put a nice throw on it that had really good ball location. Maybe could have drifted Quan Baker a little bit further towards the, uh, the sideline. But Smoke Monday is on this coverage. He's over the top and trailing and just kicks on the Jets. Smoke. Pew. Like that. And just cuts underneath and in front of Coan Baker to get the interception and immediately like celebrating and doing the whole thing. So this was really good because I've, I've watched Smoke Monday get more and more comfortable uh, every single day, not just on Mondays. And I think that this was kind of, this might've been like his arrival moment. And, and I'm going to say this for both him and for rookie safety, Jordan Howden, they probably both had their best practices today that we've seen. And, and that's just kind of an illustration of what we talked about here on the show before. Early on in training camp, the veterans open up this big gap, and then all of a sudden the young guys start to get a little bit more comfortable. And then all of a sudden they get to a point to where, you know, he's going to, you know, to where they're kind of closing the gap a little bit. And um, I think that the thing that you look at with Smoke Monday, and, and, and Elliot just kind of mentioned this in the chat, is like, why does he have the popularity amongst the fan base that he has? And I think a lot of people attribute it to his name. They attribute it to him wearing the, the, the number nine, you know, Drew Brees jersey at the party during his draft day, his Snapchat where he's yelling at the Atlanta Falcons stadium and all that other stuff. Like, I think a lot of people attribute that, attribute it to that. But watching him over the course of the past couple of weeks, He's arriving as a player too. And he's arriving not only as a safety, but he's arriving as a special teams player. And that's what you need. Your smoke every day. I love it. That's what you need 
from an undrafted free agent guy that's coming in. And, and I know he's not a UDFA rookie this year. He was last year and all that. But that just means that he knows a little bit more about the system than your standard guy that's coming in and really getting his first opportunities. Uh, he understands a little bit more about the special team side of it all. He's a big time hitter. He's a great downhill player. He runs with a full head of steam. He's an instant commitment guy, which I think is really good, especially when you've got a defense that's teaching everybody, go make the plays now. Go make the plays. Don't worry about if you make a mistake. If you make the play, it's not a mistake. And that was one of the ones where, look, Smoke could have could have pulled back. He could have played for the stop and said, I'm going to play the receiver, let him catch it, get him down, no yards after catch, still a good play in that situation. But you know what he did? He said, no, I can make this play. And he went and he made that play. That's the mentality shift that the New Orleans Saints defense is going through right now. Because last year they ran through and like literally Joe Woods, Marcus Robertson, these guys, these coaches over on the defensive side, Dennis Allen, they had this defense sit down with a cut up of every single missed opportunity that should have been a turnover in 2023 or 2022. And I'm not just talking about interceptions. I'm talking about moments where they say, hey, look, see the way that you tackled that ball carrier? You see the way that he's carrying the football? You missed a chance to punch the ball out right there. Like to that level of detail. And so now the only thing that these guys are thinking when they're out there is, let me go make this play real quick. Let me go make this play right quick. And they're, they're finding ways to do it. So shout out to Smoke Monday for going out there and making the play. It's more than just a name. It's more than just a you know, thing. And, and to Elliot's point in the chat, it's about, can you be good on the field? And we're seeing Smoke Monday do that. We've seen a little bit of that from, um, from um, rookie uh, Jordan Howden as well, who got some first team snaps today with Tyra Matthew getting a rest day today. Him and Marcus May were out there. So you saw Jordan Howden out there getting some first team reps. So you see him climbing and the gap closing a little bit. These are all good things. Um, my next play of the day that was a, my original play of the day up until this moment, I actually happened in seven on sevens. I usually pick team drill stuff, but this was just such a good moment. And it didn't take a lot. It didn't take a lot. Um, it was in seven on sevens. It was, let me make sure I get the right quarterback that threw this pass because I didn't, I don't think I wrote that down. Uh, but it, it was um, to Kendra Miller on a wheel route coming out of the backfield. This was from Derek Carr. So good. So Kendra Miller is lined up in the backfield with Derek Carr during seven on sevens. They snap the ball. Kendra Miller runs to the sideline and then cuts up the sideline, turning it into a vertical route. So a wheel route coming out of the backfield, something that you see Alvin Kamara do all the time, all this. And they did this with Rashid Shahid out of the backfield, who right now is still out with a groin injury, but it's not expected to be serious. But because it's a groin injury, you're going to take your time with it. Same thing for Traquan Smith. So I don't blame them for sitting these guys out for a little while, especially with no pads on and all that. Uh, but ran him out of the backfield, Kendra Miller, the young rookie out of TCU, which was the big question about Kendra coming in. Can he catch the football? Well, he left Pete Werner in the dust and made it down the line and uh, ended up reeling in a big touchdown in the end zone during seven on seven. So when you're looking at, hey, can the New Orleans Saints still produce without Alvin Kamara for the first three games? Jamal Williams is running extremely well. Kendra Miller is running really, really well. Kendra Miller is making these catches. Kirk Merritt's been showing up. He's now got a door that's wide open in front of him with the Eno Benjamin injury, which of course was a ruptured Achilles, and he's officially been moved to injured reserve now, uh, which stinks. Uh, but I, I, I like what we saw from Kendra Miller. I thought that was a good moment. And those are the confidence building things that allow him to continue to be somebody that can start to build his impact here in 2023, his rookie season. Um, all right, let's get to a couple other quick notes. Uh, Isaiah Foskey, two pressures in the backfield toward the end of um, the third session of, uh, of 
um, team drills in the red zone. So a great place to get pressure. Uh, we also saw uh, Brian Brzee make a huge stop in the backfield as well in the run game. He's been coming together. He had a, he was back today after missing on Saturday, along with Cesar Ruiz, Trevor Penning, uh, and James Hurst. They were all back as well. So those were all good. That was all good news. Uh, Demario Davis still not back. Tricon Smith still not back. Uh, Rashid Shahid still not back. All of those make sense. Demario Davis is a little bit concerning, only because it's a calf injury, and so they went to go and get imaging done. You don't usually get imaging done if it's just going to be like a little thing, but maybe they were just being overly cautious. So that's a big storyline to watch going into, uh, we've got practice on Monday and then off on Tuesday, they're back on Wednesday. I wouldn't expect Demario Davis to be out there on Monday, but hopefully by Wednesday, um, you just kind of want to see that, right? Because that's a big loss if the Saints miss him for any extended amount of time. And we got another injury today, but this one isn't one that you can blame on really anything. Uh, This was just Lucas Kroll trying to make a play. Uh, Lucas Kroll during seven on sevens went up to try to get a jump ball as he was up. I believe it was, um, I'm pretty sure that it was Jonathan Abram that was on coverage with him. And Abram didn't do anything wrong in this situation at all. Uh, But you know, look, it's a jump ball. Guys get up and they go to try to make a play. And in the midst of going up and trying to make that play, Lucas Kroll came down and uh, landed kind of like right on his left, right on his right hip, right side. Uh, They said it was a tailbone injury. So we'll see how long. It's not expected to be a season ending injury. It doesn't necessarily mean that he won't miss some some time. So that's now a, a thing that impacts Jesse James, that impacts Jimmy Graham, these other guys that are on the roster. And of course, it impacts Lucas Kroll. So we'll be watching out for that. Hopefully, all these guys back um, sooner rather uh, than later, but maybe not tomorrow, likely to like give them tomorrow, give them Monday. Well, in other words, give them Monday, give them Tuesday, which is already a day off, and then see who comes back on Wednesday, I think will be the best. All right, y'all. I really, really appreciate you for coming through for another live episode of Locked on Saints. Hope you're enjoying these live shows. We're back to two-a-days tomorrow. Uh, Only one show, which will be the morning show on Tuesday, and then two-a-days Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because the Saints also have practice. So I have another episode that I'll publish for you early tomorrow morning. I'm going to wait until Monday morning to record that and get that up for you. Um, And I'm probably going to get a little mushy-gushy in that one, so just be ready. But it'll be at the end of the show, so if you don't want to sit through it, you don't have to. Uh, But I appreciate y'all so much, once again, for... uh, continuing to rock with us and be here with us. And of course, make Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And a big thank you to everybody that has taken the time to say hi, Claire and Matt. Congratulations on your engagement. Also, happy birthday. Hope you love seeing uh, seeing Jamal Williams wear your hat during the uh, presser today. That was super cool. I uh, want to give a shout out to uh, Lauren, Tyrone. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Scoop. And I also want to give a shout out to, I can't read what this name was, Cameron. So I appreciate y'all very much, as always, uh, for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine. Uh, as always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A. Hit me up, let me know the families they were, let me know how you live, and let me know how you mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.